Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Pastor David Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor David teaches through God's Word. There's like a lot of stuff going on in the Corinthian church, right? These are significant issues. But before he deals with any of that, he takes three chapters to confront this issue of division. He really dives in on it. And he's going to deal with it again towards the end of the book. Like he really makes a point of dealing with this. We don't give it that significance, that seriousness. Have you ever had a conflict with someone in your church? The Corinthian church was riddled with division and they lost sight of their true purpose of making disciples. Today, Pastor David will teach you how division can be destructive to the church and how we can begin to repair the ties that were broken. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast, subscription information and our contact information. Now here's Pastor David in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 as he begins his message, Work Together. Today we're going to be finishing up the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 is where we'll start. God really makes a point He kind of circles the same issues. We're going to be talking a lot about unity and love for one another and the simple gospel, simplicity of the message that we preach, salvation in Jesus. And throughout these chapters, God speaks about his own way of doing things kind of playfully. He talks about the foolishness of God to love our enemies to give himself for us. He repeatedly kind of playfully calls it his foolishness. He really emphasizes these things. Like I said, I mean, three chapters where he's gonna keep circling this thing. And so as we jump into it today, I just wanna encourage you to ask him why he's emphasizing this for you. Why is he emphasizing this To you? What does he have for you to see here? Is there anything that he wants you to take hold of or to step out into? Be asking him as we go through. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? 
Were you baptized in the name of Paul? In the Corinthian church, there were these divisions behind the different speakers, right? Or certain, and even into just different sort of factions, different camps. As we go throughout the letter to the Corinthians, Paul is going to confront some of the Corinthians for sleeping with temple prostitutes, going to like worship the demonic principalities, Aphrodite and Venus, whatever, by partaking of the demonic prostitution practices. Other people were coming to communion and getting drunk on the communion wine. There was one guy who was sleeping with his stepmom. And other people in the church were suing each other, taking each other to court. So there's like a lot of stuff going on in the Corinthian church, right? These are significant issues. But before he deals with any of that, he takes three chapters to confront this issue of division. Like he really dives in on it. And he's going to deal with it again towards the end of the book. Like he really makes a point of dealing with this. We don't give it that significance, that seriousness a lot of times when we think about, about division. But it's more significant, it's more serious than we realize a lot of times. And it's been so effective throughout church history, right? I mean, if we look at the divisions, the whole denominations, while it can be helpful to articulate what we believe, whether you were raised Baptist or Calvary or Presbyterian or Anglican or however you were brought up, right? they can be helpful in a sense, to, to be clear about what we believe. But part of what denominations have historically done is it becomes a thing where we're in conflict with one another, where people would denounce one another for not being of the right denomination. And a lot of times, I mean, politics have been a huge one, right? Worship style, teaching style, you know, whether you prefer charismatic, loud style or more like studious kind of conservative or tradition, right? There's like these different things and, and the preferences are fine. It's okay to have a personality, to have a preference one way or another. But we quickly start throwing stones over these secondary issues. And even beyond that, whether it's like a big teacher, whether you're, it's a really big deal that you follow this style, this guy, or that you think this other guy's a heretic over some secondary thing, or you know that they're kind of, they're getting things really wrong. You shouldn't do things that way. Maybe we're dividing over those things. Or even one of the things that Paul lists here, right? Maybe it's not that I'm of Paul or versus I'm of Apollos, but maybe you're like, I'm of Christ, and so I'm not gonna deal with any of those people, right? Some of them, he says, it's not that. It's I'm of Christ. I pull out from the groups. I won't engage with anybody. I don't play with anybody. I'm just gonna take my ball and go home because I can't deal with anybody. The church is too messed up. I can't be with them. And what he says here, Christ is not divided. We don't have that option. Turn with me to Mark chapter 9. If you've got your phone or your Bible. Chapter 9, verse 38. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will soon after be able to speak evil of me. The one who is not against us is for us. Truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to the Messiah will by no means lose his reward. 
Look at the shift Jesus makes here in the same breath. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if the salt loses its saltiness, what do you do? How do you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. In Philippians 1.27, he tells us, stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to the persecutors, to the wicked, of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God, because it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Point number one for us today is that Jesus commands us to work together. When I read that in Mark 9, as I was preparing, it's such an odd juxtaposition he gives us. But he actually seemed to do this in a few different places. He connects our obedience and our suffering and our need for community. He has commissioned us to go make disciples. And he says, if you're faithful to do that, if you tell people about Jesus, you're going to suffer for it. And he says, that's actually part of the plan. He says, salt is good. And everyone will be salted by fire. It seems like, he tells us in another place, testing of your faith produces perseverance, produces endurance. He doesn't just say it shows endurance. He says it produces it. been listening to Main Thing Radio. Thanks for joining us today for this edition. The book of 1 Corinthians is so applicable to the issues that the modern church faces today. Within this book, we find the Apostle Paul writing to a church that was full of the Holy Spirit, but also dealing with some big problems. Throughout this study, we'll be looking at the different things God teaches us about prioritizing His way and sharing His love. As you continue to study this book, Look for ways to apply God's teaching in your own life and to serve your local church. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or would like to explore more of these type of messages from Main Thing Radio, visit mainthingradio.com today. Or you can download our mobile app to listen anytime, anywhere. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just follow the link on the website. Again, that's mainthingradio.com. We'd love to hear from you too if you have any questions. Or if you'd like prayer, give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. 
We're so glad you joined us today. Our time with you has come to an end, but be sure to tune in next time to keep learning from the book of 1 Corinthians. We look forward to our next edition here on Main Thing Radio.